When the witching hour draws near, she will whisper in your ear, nightmares do come true. This is a horror fiction podcast, featuring stories that will shock, disturb and dismay. You're listening to the Dark Lady Podcast. Warning, this program is intended for a mature audience. It contains material that some listeners may find disturbing. Some episodes may contain strong language and depictions of violence, blood and gore. Audience discretion is advised. Hello. And good evening. I'm your host, the Dark Lady. Welcome to the horror show. Take a trip with me to South Shore, a bustling seaside metropolis of over 500,000 residents. It is Tuesday, November 11th, 2008, at 10.59 p.m. We go to the corner of Wisteria Lane and Easy Avenue. All is still, and all is quiet, except for two strangers waiting at a bus stop. Both are blissfully unaware of the terrors lurking beneath this sleeping city. This story is called, A Beautiful Night. It should be here any second now. Oh, sorry. What was that? I said uh, the bus should be here any second. Oh, yeah, it should be. I don't know why it's taking so long. It's 30 minutes late. Mm, maybe there's a detour. Car accident, probably. Hmm, maybe. It's a beautiful night tonight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not a cloud in the sky. It's too bad we can't see the stars in the city. What are you uh, reading? Um, nothing interesting. Just a textbook. The Wonders of Human Anatomy. Oh, hey. Are you studying at the university? Yep, South Shore State. They have a really good nursing program. Wow, that's great. That's an honorable profession. Uh, oh, <laughs> you think so? I know so. My sister's a nurse. She went to Sunnyside College. Oh, did she? Sunnyside's a good school. 
Yeah, it is. She works at Mercy Hospital now. Oh, I think I've heard of that hospital. Is that the one in Westside? Yep. 94th Street by the traffic circle? That's the one. Doesn't that hospital have a big mental health ward? It does. You know those criminally insane people who get sentenced to life in a mental institution? Yeah. A lot of them end up at Mercy Hospital. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of head cases in that hospital. Wow. Must be really hard working in a place like that. It is, but my big sister's a saint. Janie has a good heart, very caring. She has a lot of patience. Aw, she sounds like a really nice person. Thanks. My name's Charlie, by the way. Brunetta. My friends call me Bunny. Bunny. It's nice to meet you. So, Charlie, uh, what do you do? Are you a student, too? Yes. Uh, I mean, no, not yet. I will be. I want to major in biology, but I haven't decided which school to go to. Ah. I am thinking about going to South Shore. Ah. That's actually why I came down here, to check out the campus. It's a beautiful school. It is. It's the biggest campus I've ever been to. 200 acres, right? 300. 300 acres. Wow. But my parents think I should go to Sunnyside like my sister. They want me to be closer to home. I see. My parents wanted me to do the same thing. Yeah? Oh, yeah. They didn't want me to move to California. They wanted me to stay in Wisconsin and get my BSN there. I know they're only looking out for me, but in the end, you just gotta do what's best for you. That's true. My parents think that California is some kind of hellhole. Really? Yeah. They think some Jeffrey Dahmer type's gonna drag me off somewhere and drill a hole in my head. Oh, well... I guess that wouldn't be completely outside the realm of possibility. There's a lot of crazy people in California. But wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer from Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I didn't think about that before. <laughs> that the 31? Yep, after you. Oh, thanks. Oh, wait! Hmm? You forgot your textbook. Oh, jeez. Uh... Thanks. I'm all over the place today, I guess. It happens. Don't worry about it. We better get on the bus before it leaves. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Watch your step. Hi. Uh, miss? Sorry, the fare's $1.25 now. Really? Yeah, they raised the price just today. Oh, my. Um... I don't have any change. Hey there. I got it. Oh, you don't have to do that. It's not a big deal. It's just a quarter. Are you sure? I'm sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
My name's Joe. What are your names? Uh, I'm Bunny. Sorry, uh, what? Uh, Joe wanted to know your name. Uh, um... <laughs> His name's Charlie. So, Bunny and Charlie, where are you two headed? 49th Street. 49th Street? That's not too far. Won't take long to get there. What about you, Charlie? Downtown. I need to catch the train. The red line? Yep. You're going to be cutting it close. The last train leaves at midnight. I'm not too worried about it. So is this the last trip for the 31 bus? Yeah, that's right. You came to our stop pretty late. Bunny and I were waiting for almost half an hour. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's all right. Was there a car accident or something? There was a roadblock a couple miles from your stop. I had to go all the way around and use the bridge on Willard. A roadblock? Why was there a roadblock? I'm not sure, but there were a lot of police cars. What? No way. What happened? Those cops were up in arms about something. They called in the SWAT team. There were police dogs. I think they were looking for someone. I can't believe it. Well, I can't believe it either. I mean, if something like that happened in Westside, I'd understand. Uh-huh. Did you know one of my co-workers got mugged on the West Side? <gasps> no, really? Yeah, his name's Gary. He's a good guy. He drives the number 23. So, Gary made it to the end of the line. He was at Cherry Park near downtown. He parked the bus for 10 minutes so he could run to the bathroom. Comes back, finds two homeless guys on the bus. They broke the window. No. Yeah. They broke the window and climbed inside the bus. Then they tried to smash a coin box open. When Gary realized what was happening, he started yelling at him. One of them hit him in the head with a baseball bat. It knocked him out. And they took his wallet and ran. Oh, that's terrible. What happened to Gary? Is he all right? Oh, well, this happened a few years ago. He got a concussion, but he pulled through it. He's fine now. Oh, that's a relief. Those transits are a blight on our community. Drugs, prostitution, robbery. Those things aren't uncommon over there. They're animals. It's no wonder they're killing each other. But to have something like that happen here in the East End makes absolutely no sense to me. This is such a nice part of the city. The people who live here are good people. Good, honest, hard-working people. Oh, I know, right? It's so nice here. This is actually the nicest neighborhood I've ever lived in. Everyone's so friendly. The parks, the houses, the churches are all so beautiful. Everything's so peaceful and serene. I hope it stays that way. It's getting crazy out there. I have a feeling that the sickness is about to spread. Well, this is it. 49th Street. Oh, wow. That was fast. <laughs> I told you it wouldn't take long. Thanks again for the quarter. Don't mention it. What's this? It's my phone number. If you decide to go to South Shore State, I'll give you a tour. I know the campus pretty well. Thanks, Bunny. Good night. Night, Joe. Thanks for the ride. Take care.
Hey, driver. Can you let me off here? Not supposed to let you off until the next stop. I know, but it's important. The lady left her textbook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that does look important. All right. You better get it to her then. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have <laughs> fun, you crazy kid. Bunny! Huh? Oh, uh, hey, Charlie, what are you doing here? You left something on the bus. Oh my god, my book! Thank you, I... Wait, what? What are you doing? What do you mean? Don't you want your book back? The wonders of human anatomy. There it is. Go ahead and take it. No, 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 please, please. You shouldn't be walking through an empty parking lot alone at night. You never know what might happen. Didn't they teach you that in college? Are you crying? You stupid bitch. Yeah! <laughs> 
November 12th, 2008, 6.25 a.m., Brunetta Bunny Sinclair, age 22, was found stabbed to death in a parking lot outside of Lucky Star Supermarket. Her body was discovered by the store manager, Carol Sanchez. Miss Sanchez said she found the victim sprawled on the ground, face up, and lying in a pool of her own blood. Her eyes were wide open, gazing lifelessly at the sky. Bunny's killer was never found. Working late tonight, are we? <laughs> good, good. Hmm. Let's see. I think I'll get... How about... Special number 13. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you, Mr. Ice Cream Man. Mmm. So good. Do you know what the Dark Lady's favorite midnight snack is? Double chocolate fudge with red sprinkles and a cherry on top. Mmm. It's to die for. Everyone has their vices, don't they? Which reminds me of a story that I'd love to share with you tonight. It's about an ice cream man who bit off more than he can chew. Or was it the other way around? Anyway, this story is called Mr. Sweets. If you asked Mr. Sweets why he became an ice cream man, he would simply tell you that he loved children. According to him, he wanted nothing more in the world than to make the little ones smile. He said, right hand to God, this made all his hard work worthwhile. After all, a child's laughter was a gift from the heavens. You see... Mr. Sweets never had any children of his own. Why not? Well, he said that when it came to matters of the heart, he was just plain old unlucky. Most women found him to be a bore, so there never ever really was a Mrs. Sweets. But that suited him just fine. He was a happy old man, as happy as he could be. Besides, how could he possibly feel unhappy with so many children to tend to? Mr. Sweets was married to his job. He owned a white refrigerated ice cream truck with his name printed on the side in big red letters. The outside of the truck was decorated with lovely hand-painted clowns that seemed to dance and laugh gleefully without a care in the world. And the top of the truck 
was adorned with a giant, melting, strawberry ice cream cone. Every day, the children would flock to Mr. Sweet's ice cream truck, like sheep. Rain or shine, he would always be there, ready to serve them all with open arms. Today, Mr. Sweets parked his ice cream truck outside of Sunnyside Elementary at 2.30 p.m. on the dot. When the children saw him, they ran to his truck and formed a nice long line, like their teachers taught them at school. They talked to one another excitedly as they waited for the ice cream man to open his concession window and take their order. They were such good little boys and girls. The children looked up to him like he was Santa Claus. They really did. And Mr. Sweets found that adorable. He knew that presentation was part of the magic, so whenever he greeted the little ones, he made sure to always dress for the occasion. Mr. Sweets wore a pair of white slacks, a white collared shirt, and a white milkman hat. He also wore a pair of shiny black penny loafers and two clean white gloves. And to top it off, he wore a bright red bow tie around his neck. Mr. Sweets cleared his throat and put on his biggest smile. Then he opened the window to greet his first little customer. Hello, Harvey, he said to the pudgy little boy with a round belly. Mr. Sweets knew most of the children by their first names, especially if they were regular customers like this one. Harvey didn't seem to be the kind of child that liked to run around very much. Yet, he was always the first one to line up outside his ice cream truck. The little boy pushed his round, thick glasses against his nose and smiled back at the ice cream man. <sighs> Hi, Mr. Sweets, Harvey said. So what will it be today? Mr. Sweets asked. Can I have one chocolate pop, please? Harvey said. One chocolate pop, coming right up, Mr. Sweet said. As he turned around, the little boy called out to him, Oh, Mr. Sweets, can you make it two chocolate pops? Harvey said. Sure thing, buddy, Mr. Sweet said. Ed, an ice cream sandwich? Harvey said. I think I have one of those laying around here somewhere, Mr. Sweet said, unable to hide the grin on his face. Add some Pop Rocks? Harvey added. Pop Rocks, what flavor? Mr. Sweet said. What flavors do you have? Harvey said. Mr. Sweet carefully browsed his wares. Hmm, let's see what we have here. I have strawberry, watermelon, raspberry, lemon, mango tango, and sour apple, Mr. Sweet said. Strawberry, the little boy exclaimed. No, wait, watermelon. Um, but Mango Tango sounds nice too. <laughs> the other children were starting to get frustrated with Harvey. Come on, hurry up, Harvey! A little girl screamed from the back of the line. Yeah, you're taking too long, another child cried. What is he gonna do? 
buy all the ice cream for himself? They whispered. Harvey's lips quivered when the others began to laugh at him. He hung his head and started to cry. Mr. Sweets felt like he had no choice. This was no good. He had to say something now. He just had to. Now kids, don't be cruel. There's enough ice cream for everyone, Mr. Sweets said. Yes, Mr. Sweets, the children said in unison. You all have to be patient and wait your turn. All right, he said. Yes, Mr. Sweets, the children said. Good things happen to those who wait, isn't that right? The ice cream man said. Yes, Mr. Sweets, the children agreed. All the little boys and girls did as they were told. They stopped teasing Harvey and waited patiently for their turn. Then Mr. Sweets looked back down at Harvey and waited for the little ham to finish his order. Harvey took off his glasses and wiped away his tears with the back of his hand. He smiled at the ice cream man. Mr. Sweets was one of the few people that was always sticking up for him. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Mr. Sweets. I forgot what we were talking about, Harvey said. That's all right, kiddo. So far, you've ordered two chocolate pops and an ice cream sandwich, and you were just about to tell me what flavored pop rocks you wanted, the ice cream man said. Oh, <laughs> right, Harvey laughed. Uh, um, what's your best flavor? Hmm, if you want my honest professional opinion, strawberry pop rocks are all the rage these days, Mr. Sweet said. Really? The little boy said. Oh yes, I'm always running out of strawberry pop rocks, Mr. Sweet said. <sighs> I'll take one. No, I'll take two, Harvey said. Coming right up, Mr. Sweet said. And a chocolate fudge sundae, Harvey said. Mr. Sweets raised his eyebrow at the little boy. Isn't that a bit much, Harvey? He asked. It's for my mother, Harvey quickly said. All right then, Mr. Sweet said, if you say so. He quickly prepared Harvey's order. He put the chocolate popsicles, ice cream sandwich, and pop rocks in a brown paper bag. Then he made his signature chocolate hot fudge sundae with whipped cream, rainbow sprinkles, and a cherry on top. When the order was ready, Mr. Sweets returned to the concession window. That will be twelve dollars, Harvey, Mr. Sweets said. Harvey opened his wallet and counted his money. I only have ten dollars and eighty-four cents, Harvey said. The boy looked embarrassed. Mr. Sweets gave him a light chuckle. It wasn't a mean laugh. Harvey could tell the difference. Mr. Sweets poked his head out of the window and whispered in Harvey's ear. Just pay me back later, Mr. Sweets said. Really? Harvey said. Mr. Sweets nodded, and the little boy beamed brightly. He could see two dimples on Harvey's cheeks as he smiled. Well, thank you, Mr. Sweets. Harvey said. You're very welcome, kiddo, Mr. Sweet said. He took Harvey's ten dollars and eighty-four cents. Then he handed the boy his food. Tell your mother I said hi, Mr. Sweet said. Uh, what? 
Harvey said, confused. When you give her the sundae, tell her that the ice cream man said hello, Mr. Sweet said. Oh, oh, right, Harvey laughed. Yes, sir, I will. Good boy, run along now, Mr. Sweet said. Mr. Sweet sighed and waved over the next customer, a little girl with pigtails. Ah, well, if it isn't little Julie, he said, what can I get for you today? Mr. Sweets moved quickly. It was a busy day today. For every customer he served, two more appeared. Even some of the parents stopped by to order a couple scoops of ice cream. In just two hours, Mr. Sweets had sold all of his chocolate pops and fruit bars. At the end of the rush, he was all out of waffle cones and most of his ice cream flavors. The only flavors left were rainbow sherbet and mint. When Mr. Sweets finally served his last little customer a cup of sherbet ice cream, he flashed him a big smile. All right, enjoy. See you again tomorrow, Mr. Sweets said. He closed the window and gave a heavy sigh. What a day, he muttered, wiping the sweat from his brow with a white handkerchief as he moved to the front of the truck. The ice cream man sat behind the steering wheel and wondered what he should do next. Should he go home, or should he keep working? He rubbed his sore neck and carefully peered at his outside mirrors. The sidewalks were mostly empty. Most of the children had gone home. However, there were a few stragglers here and there. Who were they? Maybe they were naughty kids who had to stay for detention. Maybe they had very neglectful or uncaring parents who had forgotten to pick them up from school. Or maybe, just maybe, for whatever personal reason, they didn't want to go home. Or perhaps the child simply couldn't come home. The children who were left behind always seemed to have a worried or frantic expression on their faces. They would run, run, run as fast as they could, all the way home. It was like they were afraid of the sun coming down on them, afraid of being stranded in the dark, all alone. Mr. Sweets licked his lips when a little girl with a teddy bear backpack ran past his ice cream truck. She was in a hurry, no doubt about it. She was a tiny little thing with short black hair and flushed cheeks. The girl looked like she was about ten years old. When the girl reached the end of the street, she stopped suddenly. She teetered on the edge of the curb as she looked left to right. She seemed unsure of herself. Mr. Sweets could see it from a mile away. The little girl was lost. Poor thing. Mr. Sweets decided to clean the inside of his truck before going home that day. It wasn't a very fun job, but somebody had to do it. 
Mr. Sweets parked the ice cream truck in an empty lot by an abandoned railroad track. It was a nice and quiet little spot, away from prying eyes. Mr. Sweets was very meticulous when it came to keeping his precious ice cream truck nice and tidy. After all, cleanliness was next to godliness. He was nothing but thorough, going through every crack and crevice with a fine-tooth comb. When he was done, the inside of the truck was beautifully radiant. Everything was as it should be. No more stains and awful messes. Everything was absolutely, positively, spotless. Time seemed to fly by. Before Mr. Sweets knew it, it was nearly midnight. Mr. Sweets rolled down all the windows. Then he went for a drive around the block. Mr. Sweets wanted to air out the truck so it didn't smell like bleach the next day. Mr. Sweets hummed happily to himself as he drove through the neighborhood. He found the nighttime to be quite soothing. The darkness allowed him to be alone with his thoughts and to become his true self. As he passed by the lovely little houses and white picket fences, he imagined the children sleeping soundly in their beds. Those precious angels. What were they dreaming about? He wondered. When Mr. Sweets passed Bluff Park, he saw a flash of red in the corner of his eye. He took his foot off the accelerator and craned his head towards the passenger side window. He saw a little girl in the outside mirror, a little girl with blonde hair, sitting on a swing set. The child was a tiny little thing, no older than ten years old. She was barefoot and wearing a red, crocheted sweater that was three times her size. Poor thing. Mr. Sweets circled the block and drove back to the park. He stopped the ice cream truck beside the playground, about 40 feet from the swing set, except for the hinges creaking on the little girl's swing. The park was as quiet as the grave. The land was engulfed in shadows. The only thing keeping the darkness from swallowing up the sandbox was a single dimly lit street lamp. The orange light flickered as Mr. Sweets cut off his engine and stuck his head outside the window. The little girl didn't seem to notice him. She stared blankly off into space, swaying back and forth slowly and steadily, like a pendulum. Mr. Sweets called out to her. Excuse me, little girl, what are you doing out so late at night? The little girl in red swayed back and forth in the wind and said nothing. It was as if she could not hear him. So Mr. Sweets spoke louder. You shouldn't be out here all alone. It's not safe, he said. 
He paused. Still, the child did not answer him. Where are your parents? They must be worried about you, Mr. Sweet said. No response. Little girl? Little girl? Mr. Sweets honked his horn. The little girl stopped swinging. She slowly turned her head towards the ice cream truck. Her long, blonde hair covered her face like a veil. He couldn't see her eyes, nose, or mouth. Any feelings she may have had were erased. Are you all right? Mr. Sweet said. Are you hurt? The child tilted her head to the side like a puppy. Then she muttered something unintelligible. What was that? I can't hear you, honey. Come closer, Mr. Sweet said. The girl stayed frozen in place. She stared at him silently. Her hair was still thick against her face. He couldn't see her, but she could see him as plain as day. Mr. Sweet sighed. He had no choice. This was no good. He had to do something. He couldn't just leave her there, could he? Mr. Sweets unbuckled his belt and opened the driver's side door. His heart nearly stopped when he saw the little girl in red standing in front of him. Her dark eyes pierced through her long, tangled locks. Jeez, what the? Mr. Sweets exclaimed. For once, the ice cream man was at a loss for words. What the child did was impossible. Absolutely impossible. He only looked away for two seconds. There was no way she could have run from the swings to his truck in such little time. Mr. Sweets quickly composed himself. Hello, little girl. You gave me quite a scare, he said. Mr. Sweets stepped out of the truck and knelt on the ground so he was at the child's eye level. He slowly placed one finger above the girl's brow. When she didn't move away, he pushed her hair to the side. Behind the mess of dirty blonde hair was a face of an angel. Her skin was unblemished and unusually pale. She looked like a porcelain doll. The girl gazed at him unflinchingly. Her expression was empty. There was no fear, sorrow, or self-doubt. It was almost like she was dead inside. She was unlike any child he had ever met before. Poor thing. You're so cold. Can you talk? Mr. Sweet said. I can talk, the little girl said. Her voice was soft and hollow. My name is Mr. Sweets, he said. What's your name, honey? Scarlet, she said. Come with me, Scarlet. I'll take you home, Mr. Sweet said. The little girl raised her arms and allowed the ice cream man to pick her up. Her body was as cold as ice. Scarlet wrapped her arms around Mr. Sweet's neck as he carried her inside the truck. He carefully put the child in the front passenger seat and buckled her seatbelt. Then they went on their way. What were you doing out there, Scarlet? Mr. Sweets asked. Waiting for a friend, Scarlet said. 
What friend? Mr. Sweets asked. Any friend, Scarlet said. To play with? Mr. Sweets asked. She nodded. Why don't you play with your friends during the day? Mr. Sweets asked. I'm not allowed to, Scarlet said. Says who? Mr. Sweets asked. Says everyone, Scarlet said. Mr. Sweets drove farther and farther away from the residential area. Scarlet didn't seem to mind. She didn't even ask him where they were going. The ice cream man took her to the outskirts of town, away from prying eyes. They went deep into the woods and found a quiet spot in the pines where they could be alone. They traveled deep into the abyss. The shadows had swallowed the truck whole. There was nothing but trees for miles. He knew, and she knew, that there was no turning back now. I have a present for you, Mr. Sweet said. What kind of present? Scarlet asked. Mr. Sweets leaned over and opened the glove box. Out tumbled a teddy bear backpack. It landed on Scarlet's lap in a sad little heap. The little girl didn't react. She only stared at the teddy bear blankly, not knowing what to do next. You don't like it? Mr. Sweets said. No, she said. Why not? He asked. She shrugged. Didn't you say you wanted a friend? Mr. Sweets asked. The girl nodded. Well, Teddy is a friend. Don't you want to play with him? Mr. Sweets said. Well, Teddy is a friend. Don't you want to play with him? Mr. Sweets said. Scarlet stared at Mr. Sweets, stone-faced. She was so cold and unfeeling. He's a nice teddy bear. Why don't you give him a hug? He said. Scarlet slowly picked up the teddy bear put it against her chest, and squeezed it tight. Her body was stiff. It was as if the simple act of playing with a toy was completely foreign to her. Then, for some odd reason, Scarlet held the teddy bear against her nose and sniffed it. She inhaled deeply, savoring the scent. What a strange little girl. Scarlet pulled the teddy bear away from her face, Although she showed some interest in the toy, she still did not smile. Disappointed, Mr. Sweets asked her, Why are you so unhappy, sweetheart? Why won't you smile for me? People don't like it when I smile, Scarlet said. Why not? Mr. Sweets said. Because bad things happen when I do, she said. Nonsense, Mr. Sweets said. The little girl watched him intently as he removed the red bow tie from his collar. He unbuttoned his shirt and rubbed the side of his sore neck. Then he gave the child a reassuring smile. Don't be shy, honey. Come closer. Sit on my lap, Mr. Sweet said. Like a good little girl, Scarlet did as she was told. She came closer and eagerly sat on the man's lap. She clutched the teddy bear in her hands, her fingers wrapped tightly around its neck. Teddy's button eyes bulged out, ready to pop out of place as Scarlet squeezed. When Scarlet looked up at Mr. Sweets, a moonbeam fell on her lovely face. Her pupils dilated and her eyes seemed to grow darker. Are you afraid? Mr. Sweets said. No. Scarlet said. 
he started petting her head like she was a common house cat. Mr. Sweets was pleasantly surprised. Scarlet did not seem to mind at all. She kept perfectly still. What an obedient and well-behaved child. Was she afraid? Scarlet asked. Was who afraid? Mr. Sweet said. Scarlet licked her lips. The dead girl that you're keeping in the refrigerator, she said. Mr. Sweets paused. What did you say? Mr. Sweets said. He must not have heard her correctly. Scarlet's lips curled up, forming a half-smile. Why did you cut her up into pieces? Scarlet asked. Why did you put her parts in plastic bags? How do you know that? Mr. Sweet said. I can smell it from here. Her meat is starting to turn, Scarlet said. Mr. Sweet's heart started to pound out of his chest. Something was terribly wrong here. He moved his hand towards the door. But his arm suddenly dropped to his side when he saw a flash of red in the corner of his eye. Scarlet's eyes began to glow red. And just like that, he couldn't move. He couldn't look away. All he could do was sit there and listen. Is that how you like to play with your friends? Scarlet said. She giggled as he groaned and struggled to kick his feet. Hey, hey, Mr. Sweets, I have an idea. It's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Do you want to know what it is? She said. Scarlet leaned forward so she was at the man's eye level. His eyes were wide with fear. The little girl smiled, a wicked little smile. Mr. Sweets could plainly see that she had two white fangs for teeth. Scarlet began to drool and froth at the mouth like a rabid dog. Thick ropes of saliva fell from her lips and onto his shirt collar. Without warning, Scarlet sank her teeth into the side of Mr. Sweet's neck. When he screamed, she ripped his throat open from ear to ear, leaving a permanent red smile on his neck. As the little monster gorged herself with his blood, he caught a glimpse of his own reflection in the outside mirror. He watched the color drain from his face before the world finally faded to black.
Thank you for listening to the Dark Lady Podcast, a horror fiction anthology series that takes radio theater to new extremes. Until next time, goodbye.